uh, directly into the text on today. We're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter number nine, starting at verses number 19. And um, this is just kind of where I am in this particular season of ministry. I want to make sure that I'm doing more than just preaching and teaching on a Sunday morning. But I want to pastor you guys. I, I continue. I still want to be your pastor. Um, and that means that I want to help you to direct your life spiritually so that you can live a fruitful life. I don't want the testimony that I, I just got to get out of hell free pass, but I want the abundant life. Can somebody say amen to that? Yes, I want the abundant life. So there's some instructions that God has downloaded into my spirit that I believe is going to be a blessing uh, to the people of God on today. Going to be in the book of Mark chapter number nine, again, verses number 19. Let's make our declaration of faith. If you have your Bible or your electronic device lifted above your head and somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, come on one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Book of Mark, chapter number 9, verses number 19. Yes. And the scripture declares, and he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, Jesus. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. Verses number 21 declares, and Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from from childhood and it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him but if look look at look at the father's response as he's communicating to Jesus but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us he he's talking to love himself the manifest the physical manifestation of love and he's asking love if you can have compassion on us 23, Jesus responds in fashion, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Let's pray. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to minister the word of God to the people of God. My confidence today is not in Greg not even in what you have revealed to me to prepare for the people. But ultimately, God, my confidence is in you and the fact that you have a crazy love for your people. So now I humble myself, hiding myself now behind the cross that made me not see. Give honor, glory to Greg. But this hour, all glory, all honor goes to you. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Um, for the past couple of weeks, and actually um, today, we will be uh, giving concluding thoughts on this theme that we've been ministering from for the past six weeks, a, a burden of prayer. I don't know about you, but I've really, really been blessed by it. And um, I just want to add some concluding thoughts today. We begin in week number one, and as, as I was just praying and meditating on what it is that God had for, for me to say to the people of God, I went back to week number one where we posed this simple question, is the will of God automatic? Yes, is the will of God automatic? Because God has something in store for me, does that mean that I'm going to automatically get it? In week number one, we highlighted 1 Corinthians chapter number two, verses number nine, where the Bible declares, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. I love that last statement, the things that God has prepared for them. It's, it's funny, um, on yesterday we celebrated my middle girl's uh, birthday. Uh, she turned 14 years old. And um, it was funny because for the past, I don't know, sweetheart, what, six, seven, eight weeks, two, three months, how, however long we've been home, um, I've been allowing my children to stay in the bed till like 9 and 10 o'clock. Don't judge me. I, they've, they've been asleep. I'm talking about sound asleep all the way to 9, most mornings 10 o'clock. Don't judge me because I've been enjoying the peace every single morning, praise the Lord. So on yesterday morning, which was Charity's birthday, 
Uh, she buses in my room at 7:45, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what are you? Wh- why are you in my? <laughs> why are you in my room? What's, what's going on? You supposed to be still asleep. You wake up at 10 o'clock, sometimes 10:30 for her. Why are you in my room at 7:45? And here's the deal, man. She got up at 7:45 because she knew on this particular day that her mama and daddy had something prepared for her. Now let's understand when we talk about prepared blessings. What we did for her on yesterday, we didn't just come up with it off of a cuff. We we didn't just we didn't just throw it together. No, it was weeks of planning, contacting people, who's going to cook the food, where we're going to have the celebration, who we're going to invite, who we're going to tell, so forth and so on. There were there was preparation that was made weeks in advance. And the scripture is teaching us here that God has prepared blessings for us. The Bible declares, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither enter into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared for them. I'm telling you, what God wants to bless you with, he didn't just come up with it this morning, my friend, but before the foundations of the world, he had you in his mind, and he knew what it was that he wanted to bless you with. Can you say amen right there? So the question again, even though God has prepared things in store for me, what he has in store for me, will I automatically just get it because I'm here? And we concluded six weeks ago that the will of God is not automatic, but the will of God, if you're taking notes, jot this down, the will of God for my life requires my participation. That's good right there. The will of God for my life, it requires, my friend, my participation. When I look at certain scriptures like Galatians 3 and 14, where the Bible declares he redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Now, in this particular text, the context is receiving the Spirit of God, but the principle is that we receive promises through faith. Same scripture is highlighted, or the same thought is highlighted in Hebrews 11:33. Who through faith, watch this, through faith conquered kingdom, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Again, through faith, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions. The will of God is not automatic, but the will of God, my friend, for your life, it does require your participation. So if it requires my participation, what is it that I must do? In this text today, Jesus highlights concerning the disciples and the father that is bringing his son to him, what he must do, and what he must do is he must be in faith. I want you to just type that on the screen just for a moment that I must be in faith. I need y'all to talk to me this month. Victoria, I see you this morning. God bless you. God bless you, Latoya. I see you. I need somebody to type that on the screen that I must be in faith. Now watch the wisdom of what I'm saying. I didn't say that you need to have faith. I'm telling you today that you need to be in faith. Pastor McGee, are you just splitting hairs? No, 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 no. I'm not splitting hairs because there's a difference bef- between having faith and then being in faith. The father is going to make the confession. He's going to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In essence, he's going to say, I have faith, my friend, but concerning this situation right here, I am not currently in faith. When I talk about being in faith, I'm talking about having an unshakable confidence that God is able and willing to help. I want to read that one more time. When I speak of being in, not just having faith, but I'm talking about being in in faith concerning what it is I'm believing God for. I'm talking about having an unshakable confidence that God is able and that God is willing to help me. Over my life, over my life, man, there there have been times, man, that I really had faith. I really, I really trusted God, but concerning particular areas in my life, I wasn't in faith. When I look over the past 20 years that my wife and I, we've been married, there are times we've had some very shakable moments. We've had some really hard arguments, and watch this. I still believe God. I still trusted God, but I didn't believe, I wasn't in faith that God, based on what happened, based on what she said to me this time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Based on the conversation we had and what the words that were exchanged between the two of us, I didn't believe that God, I wasn't in faith that God was really going to be able to help us and mend this marriage back together. Over the past 20 years, we've gone through some financial lows and watch this. I had faith that God could do it for somebody else. I had faith that God could touch somebody else's finances, but based on where we are right now financially, I wasn't in faith that God, I, oh my God, I didn't 
have that unshakable confidence that God was not only able to do it, but that he was willing to do it for me. Mark chapter number 11, verse number 24, the Bible declares, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, watch the wisdom, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, now let's highlight, let's highlight what he's saying. He says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. What, what, what equates to the promise being yours? Is it just asking? No. Is it, is it just prayer? No. You've got to believe that you've already received it. What is he saying? He's saying that you need to be in that place where you have an unshakable confidence that God is able and willing to help you right now. God is challenging us to be in faith. And, and this father in this particular text in Mark chapter number nine, he has faith because he's confessed it. I do believe, but, but help my unbelief. He has faith, but he is not in faith concerning the thing that he's been requesting. And, and let, let me just share it with you because I, again, um, over my Christian walk, I've been here many, many times. And I just want to highlight a couple of things that drive us out of faith. Just, just, just circumstances and things that, that yeah, I still, if, if I close my eyes for the final time, I know I'll be with the Lord. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. But what I'm standing in need of, what, what I need God to do for me right now, I'm not really confident that it's going to happen. And, and manifest. I've been here many times, and I want to share with you just a couple of thoughts that have driven me out of faith. In the book of Mark, chapter number 9, verse number 14, the Bible declares, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and scribes arguing, arguing with them. 16 declares, And he asked them, Jesus, What are you arguing about with my disciples? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. Verses 18 declares, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to, ask, to cast it out, and they were not able. I had faith for your disciples, because these are boys that have cast out demons before. These are boys that Jesus anointed to, to restore eyesight to the blind. They've laid hands on sick people, and, and healings have manifest. So it was right for me to come to people who have already done this before in order for me to get a miracle concerning my boy right now. He says, I brought them to your disciples, and they were not. Point number one, if you're taking notes, jot this down. One of the things that drive us out of faith is when we limit God's ability to certain people and certain methods. In essence, we put God in a box. So I do trust God and I do believe God, but the only way I can see God coming through for me is that he used this particular person or he uses this particular method. And what winds up happening is if God don't use the person that we thought he was going to use, our, our faith begins to deflate. If God doesn't come through in the method, y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. If the medicine don't work this time that the doctor prescribed, maybe, maybe I'll have to live with this particular deal for the rest of my life. But the devil is absolutely alive. Why don't you just type in the chat that it's time to get God out of the box? That's right. It's time for you to get God out of the box. And my friend, it's time for you to come out of the box yourself. The brother, his faith is diminished because he brought him to somebody who he thought God was going to use and God didn't choose to use that particular individual. Let me dive a little bit deeper. Mark chapter number 9, verse number 19. And he answered them, O faith of this generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. 21. Jesus asked his father, how long? Here's, here's the second thought. How long has, has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. That's powerful. So, so this, is a, this is an older child, maybe late teens, maybe, maybe mid-20s, mid-30s. He, he's not a little kid, but he's an older, he's a older uh, uh, adult now. But yet this father is caring for his son. And all of my life, for the past 18 years, for the past 21, for the past 30 years, I've been watching my son suffer with this. And every year, e every month, Every day I see it, it deflates my faith that God is able and that he's willing to do it for me. I've, I've been listening to 
um, a leadership book um, by Dr. Uh, John Maxwell that's really, really been blessing me for the past couple of days. And um, one of the things that Dr. Uh, John Maxwell, he says um, in, his, in his writing, he highlights a story of a guy that was in captivity. He was a, he was a captive of war. And he was one of the few that actually escaped captivity. And, and in the interview, he talks to the guy and he asks the guy the question. He says, what was it that allowed you to come through successfully to endure the torture, the pain? And, and he gives his answer, and it's kind of somewhat of a generic answer. And then John asks the question, or he highlights the question that was asked to the guy. And the question was, who didn't make it? And the answer blew my mind because the guy responded, the people that didn't make it were the ones who had hope. And I paused for a second. I had to just pause the audio, uh, 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 the, 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 the audio cassette, and uh, excuse me, CD. I said, what do, you, what do you mean the people who didn't make it were the people who had hope? And he went on to explain. He says, those who had hope that we would be free by Christmas, and Christmas came, and they were still in captivity. Those who said, well, Christmas has passed, but surely we'll be, we'll be home by Easter. And Easter comes and goes, and they're still in captivity. And then, and then they say, well, you know what? We, we, we weren't free by Christmas. We weren't free by Easter. Surely by the summer, we'll, we'll be free, and, and we can go on with our lives. And the summer came and went, and they were not free. And that's what some of you guys have done. You have put a time stamp on God. If God doesn't do it by then... If surely God, surely I won't suffer in this for five years. Sure, surely, watch this. My marriage for the for the first five years it was horrible, man. We've been married for twenty years, and had I say I'm going, I'm going to deal with this for two years, and and I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna deal with this marriage for three years. She better change in three years, or I'm finished. We better get better in four years. Man, I'm talking four years, four years of being married and things aren't better yet. Five years. It wasn't until after the fifth year that things began. And I'm not telling you that your situation, no matter what it is, has to last that long. But I'm telling you, one of the things that I chose not to do, I chose not to put a time stamp on when my marriage was going to get to the place where I wanted it to be. I trusted God beyond the factors that were currently going on because God spoke to me. Watch this. God told me that this was my wife. And I, I remember going to God many times during that first five years. And my conversation with God was, God, you told me that this was my wife. I don't know what's going on, but, I, but you said that this was the girl that I was to marry. And there's some of you guys, you put a time stamp. God, do it by the first. God, do it by the end of the year. God, I'm going to hang in here for two more years. But no, 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 no. Don't put limitations on God. This father's faith begins to diminish. Why? Because God didn't answer within the time frame that he thought that he should have answered. Jesus asked the question and exposed it. How long has your son been, how long have you been dealing with this? And he says, ever since he was a little boy, he's been suffering with this. Watch this. I want to dive a little bit deeper. My wife and I, we, we, we taught on Mother's Day a couple of weeks ago, and it was fantastic teaching. I really, really enjoyed uh, sitting with her, and we were talking about five general answers that God gives, and we said sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says do it yourself, and then there are times he says none of your business, and one of the things, one of the five was wait. We said there are times when God simply says wait, and there are several reasons why God says wait, and there are some of you guys that are in a time delay. God has it in store for you, but, but, but God is saying wait for this particular season right now, and three reasons that we highlighted. Number one, there are times when God is trying to mature you. There's times when God is trying to, he's trying to perfect your, your character. There are certain things that my wife and I that we're receiving now. There are certain blessings, not, not just financial blessings, but in general, things that we have wanted to do for a long time that God has finally opening up the door right now for us to do it. Had, had we done it years ago, come on somebody, we wouldn't be here today. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. There might not be a Pastor McGee and Lady McGee together. I'll never forget, I, and I tell the story from time to time, when we first got married again, the first five years, it was horrible, and I'll never forget, um, man, we were just broke. We were just hanging in there, just, just hanging in there, and my wife got mad at me for something I did, I don't know, and, and she, started, she started just packing up stuff. She got out Isha, get your stuff. She started packing up stuff, and she said, I'm gone. I'm gone. And, and, and normally, in normal fashion, I would react, and, I, and I'd pull on and Come on, girl, let's talk about it, so forth and so on. But this particular day, I, I just sat. I just sat on the couch. And the reason I was sitting, because 
We had no gas in the car. We had no gas in the I had just drove the car home on fumes. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And we had no gas. She just she said, get, get Aisha, get your dog. We finna go. So she go outside and she slams the door, pow. And she waiting on me to run after her because I normally run after her. <laughs> but this particular time, I ain't run after her because I realized we ain't had no you ain't going, <laughs> you think you're gonna go somewhere. We ain't got no gas in the car. And so she come back in. First, what, you, so you just gonna let me leave. You just gonna let me leave. I said, baby, we ain't got no gas in the car. So she sat down and we worked that particular thing out. Well, well guess what? We got a little gas in the car right now. <laughs> Y'all, they said, we got, we got a little gas in the car right about now. If we were still as immature today as we were then, there are certain doors, there are certain opportunities. Watch this, that if we, God blessed us with them, we would erect them then, whereas we're able to handle them maturely. Now, there's sometimes God says wait because he's waiting on your character to develop. And then there are times when God tells you to wait, my friend, because there's a collective blessing. There's this, this blessing that I have in store for you is not just for you, but it's for other people that are connected to you. And then finally, number three, there are times when God says wait because God is trying to give instructions and God is trying to communicate a lesson to you or to somebody around you and that's what he's doing in this particular text the disciples watch this they are masters now at casting out demons they are masters at healing people they are masters at flowing in their gifts and their anointings and 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 they're wondering because they're going to ask the question at the end of the story Jesus why were we not able to cast this particular demon out and Jesus is going to respond to them. This kind, it comes out by fasting and prayer. You don't, ca you don't deal with this particular situation with your gift. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. You deal with this particular situation right here in your prayer closet. And there are some of you guys right now, you're going through some challenging times right now, and you have, you have gotten out of situations in the past like this before. But this situation might be a little bit different. It's, it's not your communication skills. It's not, it's not who you know this time that's going to help you to get out of what you're going through. But this time, this may require some fasting and praying. I wonder, can you say amen? Who I got on the line here? Come on, come on, type amen right there. That's what I'm talking about. So, sister, yeah, Sister Tanner, God bless you, Alexis. Yeah, blessings to you, Sister Monique. Yeah, yeah, Frida, God bless you, God bless you. This, this is a season where you might not be able to use resources that you've used in the past, and God is saying in order for you to get out of this, it may require some fasting and some praying. Say amen again right there. So, so watch this, man. Again, I'm, 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 I'm concluding this series of thought and excited about what we're going to be teaching on next week and for the next four or five weeks. We're concluding this thought, a burden of prayer. And throughout the past six weeks, we've been highlighting these two definitions. We said a burden of prayer is a spiritual concern on the heart of God that is imparted by the Holy Spirit to someone whose intercession the Holy Spirit desires, desires to use. We says a spiritual concern that weighs down upon the praying person, causing that one to share the same compassion and desire that God has. So this is what happens. I'm going along my daily routine doing what it is that I do. And God says that there are certain blessings that I want to release in your life, in your sphere of influence. So this is what God does. God says, in order for me to manifest it, I need you to pray concern. I need you to target your prayer concerning that particular area. So God begins to burden my heart with what his heart is burdened with. He breaks my heart with what his heart is broken with. It affects me not only spiritually, but also psychologically and emotionally. And when God gets my attention, I target my prayer concerning that particular thing. But praying is, is just the foundation of what you need to do. After praying, you need to pray in faith. What type of faith are you talking about? I'm not talking about just having faith, but I'm talking about praying in faith concerning what it is that God wants to do. When I Praying in faith, believing that God is able and he's willing to do what he wants to do in your, in your life. So I have to pray in faith. I have to pray in faith. I have to pray in in faith. This father, he came to Jesus, and in his coming to Jesus, it was a prayer. Jesus, I got an issue concerning my son. He's been dealing with this situation for a mighty long time. Jesus says, if I can do anything, if you can believe, because your faith is required 
of this particular breakthrough. The man confesses, I believe, help my unbelief. So let, let me just pastor you just for a moment and let me help you because, again, there's some of you guys going through some challenging times right now. There's some of you guys that's going through some difficult times right now. And your faith, my friend, is required for breakthrough. God is not just going to do it. No, the will of God is not automatic, but the will of God requires your partnership concerning whatever it is, whatever area in your life that God is trying to manifest breakthrough blessings or promises. Can you say amen right right there? So, Pastor McGee, if, if my faith is required in prayer, in my pursuit of the thing that God has in store for me, y'all know the answer before I even ask the question. What do I need to do to build my faith? Here it is on the screen, Romans chapter number Romans chapter number 10, verses number 17, the Bible declares, so faith comes from what, y'all? Hearing and hearing through the word of God. My faith, my faith. What, what it takes for me to not just have faith, but to get into a place of faith concerning what it is that I'm believing God. I need to hear what God is saying. So let's, let's debunk that for a second. Does that mean, do I need to hear preaching? I believe preaching would help. It. That, that would help. If, does it mean I might need to read the word of God? Yeah, that would help. If, if again, if my, if my finances are um, in, in disarray, then maybe I need to highlight some scriptures that encourage me concerning practical wisdom and supernatural blessings concerning finances. Again, if my marriage is, 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 is in disarray, maybe I need to go to some scriptures that challenges me as a husband how I ought to treat my wife. Are y'all with me in this place? So hearing the word of God, preach word of God, studying the word of God, reading resources, yes, but, but I want to give you something that's a little bit more practical than just hearing a preach word or reading the Bible. What is your self-talk about? <laughs> that's powerful because watch this. Before I even really start laying slides for this message, this was the first thing that God spoke to me about. Challenge the people concerning what is their self-talk because watch this you guys are hearing me preach right now many of you guys are taking notes and you're going to go back later today and you're going to look at some of the notes you're going to look at some of the scriptures and you're going to be encouraged but watch this we're here we're here what 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 how, how long we been is yeah we hadn't even been here live now even an hour yet mm -mm, we hadn't even been an hour so let's say we stop at 11:30, like we're trying to praise the lord that's one hour of word that you have heard, one hour of fantastic singing that have encouraged your faith, one hour of preaching that have encouraged your faith. That's one hour. What are you saying to yourself the rest of the 23 hours that you awake? Are you even sleep meditating, dreaming? What are you saying to yourself? Because your self-talk might be self-destructive. Matter of fact, I need you to put that in the chat right now. Your self-talk might be self-destructive. Your self-talk is what might be destroying your faith right now because people tell you you can, but when you're by yourself thinking to yourself, you say, man, I don't, I'm not sure if it's going to work. I'm not sure if we're going to make it. I'm not sure if it's going to work out for me. What? Monitor your self-talk. Number two, number two. I need you to check out what self-defeating words are you allowing others to speak around you. I'm just talking about practical things to build your faith. What are the people closest to you? What are you allowing them to speak in your spirit concerning what you're? God, help me in this place. Jesus. So I had a great, fantastic meeting, fantastic meeting a few days ago uh, with just, just one of my good friends. Fantastic meeting. And um, um, he, he, was, he was telling me of some decisions that he, that he wanted to make. These are some moves that I want to make. And uh, what he was saying was sounding, it was sounding okay. Just, just, it was just some things in there. I'm just trying to, uh, uh, it, it sounds good, but I'm, I'm thinking. So I asked the question. I said, what is God saying? What is God? I know you what you want to do. What has God actually said? And so his, his plans went from, from this down to this. Because he was telling me all of these moves he's getting ready to make. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, so forth and so on. But when I ask the question, have, have you actually heard from God concerning this? God actually said none of this. God actually said this. So my question was, if God actually said this, why are we talking about all of that? I'll tell you why. Because everybody around him that's talking to him, the people that he trusts the most, that are speaking into him, 
they have exaggerated things that God hadn't said yet. And if you're putting your faith, God, I want to help somebody in this place. If you're putting your faith on exaggerated words, you're destined to fall, you're destined to fail. If we're going to put our faith in anything, let's first just put our faith in what God actually said. And once we put our faith in what God has said, then we'll, we'll believe that he's going to say more and give us clarity of direction that we're going in. Is that making sense to anybody in this place? So not only what are you saying to yourself, number two, what are you allowing to be said around you? I'll never forget years ago, I was believing God for something crazy. It really was really, really radical. Didn't tell a whole lot of people about it. And, um, but I did, tell, I did tell this one friend. And um, after telling this one friend, um, he thought about it. I saw him just kind of chewing it over. And he, and he said to me, uh, Greg, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. I don't think that's going to happen, man. So this is what I did. I politely distanced myself. I, I socially distanced <laughs> myself from my friend who spoke against what God put in my heart. I still love you as a brother, but as for right now, I can't hear what you're saying because it's not like what you're saying is just contradicting what I want to do. What you're saying is literally contradicting what God has placed in my spirit. Here's the crazy thing is I thought about this example today. What I was believing God for just two years ago manifests two weeks ago. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. For the past two years, I've been believing God for something that to natural man, it is impossible for it to happen. Well, somebody close to me said it probably ain't going to happen. I distance myself because watch this. Faith comes by. I need y'all to hear y'all boy in this place. Can I just, I don't want to preach, man. I want to pastor. I want to pastor because I believe in you. I believe that God has great things in store for you. I believe that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for you. But God says what I have in store for you, my friend, it requires your participation. You need to be in faith concerning what it is that I want to do in your life. So I made the decision when, when my buddy, good friend, and I hate it not to be able to kick it with him like I used to kick it with him for that time frame. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But I had to make a decision because I understand faith comes by hearing Hearing by the word of God, and if he continues to speak against what it is that God has placed in my spirit in just a moment, come on, I'm going to believe his word instead of believing what God has said to me. I couldn't, I couldn't afford to do that because what I was praying for, what I was believing for was too great. So I distanced myself, and when I thought about it again, my friend, what I was believing God for impossible two years ago, two weeks, two weeks, it finally came to pass. I need you to examine your self-talk unconsciously and sometimes subconsciously, what are you saying to yourself when ain't nobody else around? I'm not talking about the made up you. I'm not, I'm not talking about the in front of camera you. I'm talking about by yourself, what are the thoughts are you entertaining personally, number one? Number two, the people that are around you, what are they actually saying? And again, I'm not the guy who, who just just challenging you to cut off everybody around you, but no, there are times when there are people that you love you need to distance yourself from for a season because their influence and their words are weighty. Yeah, their words are heavy, and if they continue to speak against your dream in just a moment, you're going to give up what God has in store for you because of what they said and not because of what God is saying. Can you say amen right there? So number three, and I'm almost done. I want to challenge you, I want to challenge you to self-assess where you really are. Self-assess. And I'm done, I'm coming to a close. Self-assess. Self-assessing is one of the most difficult things that people, um, we do. We, we find it very, very hard, very, very challenging. And I, I tell you why, because when you self-assess, yeah, you have to be very honest with yourself. This is where I really am. This, this, is, not, this is not the mental me, but this is the, this is the real me. Okay, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny uh, because people around you, they actually see, they see like the real you. Okay, so I, I, I've been working out. I've been working out here lately. Um, 
Crockett, you'll be you'll be proud of him. And I've been I've been working out, been throwing that weight around in the gym, boy, feeling good, feeling good. So watch this. In my head, um, in my head, y'all, <laughs> I'm huge. But my daughter came up to me yesterday and she said, Dad, you look skinny. I'm like, you serious? My, she said, you look, look at your legs, Dad. They're, they're skinny. They're bony. Self-assessing is hard to do because you have to actually be real and say, this is where I really am. And when it comes to the things of God, my friend, you can never go to where God wants you to be until you first realize where you really are. It's almost like being in a hotel room and you're looking at the back of the door where they have the fire escape. And, and they have all of these exits on the map. They have, they have uh, uh, fire extinguishers marked. They have stairwells marked. And all of that stuff is good. All of that stuff is great. But the most important place on this fire escape map is the little X that says you are here. If you don't know where you really are, you won't know how far the stairs are. You won't know how far. It's good to know that the fire extinguishers are there, but you don't know. You won't know how close or how far away you are until you until you say, "I am, I am here." And for many of you guys, this this is actually not very hard. It's 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 not. It's hard emotionally to do, but it's really not hard mentally to do. <laughs> mm -mm. let's get past the emotional pain just for a moment and say this is where I really am spiritually this is where I really am emotionally this is where I really am God and the moment you embrace that the moment I, I'm, I'm telling you if you, if you really th this, this, is a, this is a faith boost my friend the moment you embrace God, this is where I really am, and I need your I need your help from here, from from here. Some some of you guys, some of you guys, you're here, but you saying you saying you think you're here, or you're you're accepting that you're here, and you asking God, I need your help from here up. When God says, I really know, I need to come down here and up, but I won't be able to come down that low until you actually embrace the fact that God, I really am. My finances really are. I look good. I drive good. Got some nice threads. But financially, I'm really. Wife and I, we actually having a good time. We, we've been enjoying each other. But, but really, where our relationship really is. I'm not talking about what happened that made us happy. But where our relationship really is, it is. Church family, we've been fellowshipping. We've been loving on each other. But, but where, the, where the unity of the church might not be, God is really. And it's when you accept the fact that, God, this is where I, yeah. I, I, I was talking, I was talking last week and um, just sharing with a, a, just a good, dear friend of mine. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm confessing to you guys, I'm talking to you guys. Um, as soon as I got off the stage last week, <laughs> God started talking to me. He started talking to me because I've, I've been praying about um, the idea of not just surviving, but thriving. Not just surviving during this pandemic, but thriving literally in every area of my life. And that includes church growth, uh, numbers, and the depth of strength of the people. Yeah. And so as I've been praying on that, how can we continue to thrive even in this environment? What can we do? This is what God spoke to me. Mm. God says to me, don't worry about growing as a preacher. Grow as a leader. Grow as a leader. Don't grow as a preacher. Don't worry about that. Mm -mm. Because good, good, good preaching alone don't grow churches. <laughs> good, good ministry, good teaching alone, it, people like it, but it doesn't, it doesn't grow. What grows ministry is, is good leadership. It's go so God was challenging me. It's time for me to grow in my leadership growing your leadership in, in the text that he gave to me the three guys with the talents you had one guy with one talent another with two another with five talents yeah the scripture declares he gave them gifts based on their ability 
so the one with one talent could not be jealous of the one with five because God gave you one because he knew that's what you were able to handle. The one with two can't be jealous of the one with five. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. I gave you what you were able to handle. Yeah. We averaged on a Sunday morning around 250 people, around 250 people. Um, we had 250 because at this moment, that's what I can handle. If I was to transpose from this church to 250 to a church to 2,500, can I, can I just be transparent with you guys for a second? If I be transparent about me, maybe you'll be able to see yourself and you'll be able to self-correct and self-assess as well. Let me tell you, church of 250 is what we've been managing, what we've been leading for some time now. If you were literally to transpose me as the leader from this church to a church of 2,500 in less than five years, either one or two things is going to happen. Either I will be forced to grow, or if I don't grow, I will literally dwindle a church down from 2,500 down to 250 because that's what my leadership level is. So God says, if you grow as a leader, I give you what you can handle. I'm going to give you what you can handle. I'm going to give you the people that you can manage. I had to self-assess that this, and, and as I was sharing it with my buddy, he said, man, don't, don't, beat on, don't beat down on yourself too hard. Now, you're being too critical now. You've been doing well. We've been growing. We've, we've been seeing people saved. We've been seeing people converted. We've been seeing amazing things here. But no, no, no. I said, I'm not beating up myself. I'm actually self-assessing because the only way I can go here <laughs> is I have to realize that I'm here. And it's amazing. This is just a sidebar. Some of you guys reached out to me about a leadership training. And uh, y'all, th those, those individuals who reached out to me, I'm telling you right now, you heard God. <laughs> you heard God. Because that's all I've been praying about for the past two weeks. God, I'm ready to grow in my leadership. I had to self-assess where I really am. And because I began to self-assess, God reached down to where I am. And I believe even right now in my life. He's taking me to where, watch this, I'm done, I'm done putting limitations and benchmarks on God as to how many members I want, how much money, finances, uh, how in my business endeavors, how much I want my businesses to grow. I'm, I'm, I'm done with all of that. I'm saying, God, what do you have in store for me? <laughs> because wherever, watch this, watch this. If he desires to take this church down to 100, if he choose, I'm good with that. Because my self-esteem, my self-esteem is not in what he gives me. My self-esteem is in the fact that he loves me. I'm going to press pause and I'm going to say that one more time. I'm over time, but somebody needs to hear that again. My self-esteem, your self-esteem should not be hinged on what you have, what God gives you, what, what he blesses you with. Your self-esteem should be hinged only on the fact that God loves you, my friend. He loves you. He loves you. So if we ever happen to go through a Job trial, we won't curse God and die because who I am as a person wasn't based on what I have or don't have, but who I am as a person is based on the love that God has for me. I wonder, can somebody say amen? Right there. Self-assess. Where are you? Where are you? So I want to close with this thought. Spiritually, where are you? Where are you? In our, in our last small group, one of the questions were, in, in, are, you, are you a spiritual Christian? Are you a spiritual Christian? Meaning, at this moment, are, are, you, are you leading a life that's dominated by the fruit of the Spirit? Um, are you a carnal Christian? Are, are, you in a place, are you in a place of disobedience? where you know, you've actually been, you actually know what's right. You've been given an opportunity to self-correct, to turn, to repent, but you choose to do your own thing because you're, you're a carnal, a carnal Christian. Or are you, are you just simply immature? You make the mistakes because you just, you hadn't had time to actually learn how to live and how to lead a Christian life. And sometimes it's because of a particular area Self-assess, where are you? are you? Are you listening to me right now and you're one of the individuals, you feel the Spirit of God pulling on your heart. You feel him pulling on your heart, but you're not saved. It's time for you to self-assess. What's the power of this? The man said, 
I do believe. Help my unbelief. He says, Jesus, I'm here. The moment he says, Jesus, I'm here, Jesus reached down to where he was. <laughs> he didn't have this exaggeration. He, he, didn't he didn't argue with Jesus. I do have faith. I do have faith. I do have. If he would have argued with Jesus, he would have put himself right here, and he wouldn't have got the help that Jesus offered because it wasn't the right place. The moment he says, I believe, but I do have some unbelief. I'm not in faith concerning the healing and deliverance of my son. I'm here. The moment he self-assessed and said, I'm here, Jesus, bam, and brought him up. So that's you today, my friend. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. The plan of salvation is simple. Romans teaches us that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that, he, that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. What does that mean? That, that means historically I believe that Jesus took my place on the cross. The Bible declares that the wages of sin is death gift of God is eternal life. I owe my life for the things that I've done. But when I place my faith in Jesus Christ, watch this. He takes my place and what he did on the cross becomes the payment for my penalties. So having faith, but not only having faith, but asking him to be the Lord of your life. What does that mean? That means he's the landlord. If he says no pets, it's no pets because he said so. I'm not running my life. I'm allowing him to sit on the throne. If that's you and you need to do, if you self-assessed and you said that's me, it's time to do it, my friend. But maybe you're here and you're saved. You have a relationship with Jesus, but you're, you're not living the life that you should be living. You're, you're just not. You got saved 10 years ago, 10 months, 10 weeks, 10 days ago, but you're just in a, play, a backslidden place right now. You self-assessed and you said, I've got to. I've got to rededicate my life to Jesus. I need to do that today. Maybe, maybe you're in this place today and you, you're saying, that's something I just need to talk to God about. I need to, there's some paperwork that I need to do with God. I'm not in the backslidden position, but it's, it's something that I said and something that I did. And I've been praying around it. I've been talking to God about everything else. But, but there's something that's standing in the way of true, intimate fellowship with the Lord. And I can feel it every time I pray. I can feel it. And I pray about this and I pray about that. But I don't touch this. This is where I am. Self-assess. And allow God to come there. And just like that father, he took him up. He brought about deliverance. He brought about a miracle in the life of his son. And I believe that God wants to do the same thing for you. Pray with me. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to minister the word of God to the people of God. God, thank you that individuals are responding. They are self-assessing right now where they are. And Holy Ghost of God, I'm praying that you are helping them to rightly determine where they are in you right now. No exaggeration. No, no, no. No false humility. No, 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 no false. Mm -mm. This is where I am, Lord. This is where I am. And if you fall in one of those categories, repeat after me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me for my sins. Forgive me, Lord, for my shortcomings. God, I realize that I'm lost without Jesus. And this very moment, I'm asking you, Jesus, to sit on the throne of my heart. Save me and deliver me. God, I'm returning home to you right now. God, I'm confessing that thing that's in my heart that I've been trying to ignore, and I'm making things right with you. If that's you, go ahead and put it in the chat. God, I'm making things right with you right now. I'm making it right because I need to talk to you about it. If, 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 if that's you, I'm coming home, God, because I've been away. I've been away. Put that in the chat. I want to see who you are. I'm, I'm coming home, Jesus. I want to I wanna see it. Is that you? Is that you, sir? Is that you, ma'am, that's saying, I'm making a first-time profession of faith. I want Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord. Put that in the chat. I want you, Jesus, to be my Savior and to be my Lord. 
Father, I want to thank you for these are your people. I love you. God, I want to thank you for giving me a love for them. Thank you, Jesus. I can't love them like you, God, but you've given me a love for them, your people. Bless their lives. Bless their lives. Bless their lives. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. I love you guys. Come on and put those hands together. Give me some high fives. Give me some fist bumps as my lovely wife comes with me. Praise the Lord. Give it up for Lady McGee, y'all. Amen. Come on and bless the Lord for the word on today. Amen. Amen. Truly, it was a good word. I'm just meditating on the things that he said right Thank now. Thank you, Amen. Jesus. Amen. We'll see you all today. Uh, don't forget, graduates, we need you to be here today at 2.30. And uh, church family, we want you to line up right down the street on Klein Road, uh, the end of Klein Road that leads to Three Rivers, uh, the bingo hall right there. We're going to meet, we're going to travel down, and we're going to parade around the church at 3 o'clock for the graduates. We Excited. will have music playing on the lawn. Uh, we ask that you stay in your cars until we dismiss your family to get your lunch or uh, bring your lunch, depending on how many will volunteer. If you want to volunteer, please come at 2.30 so I can get you an assignment of what you can do to help. Um, if you have masks, please wear your mask. Yes, Amen. please. We encourage you to wear your mask. Amen. To keep you and your family safe as well because we will have ours on. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And we want to encourage social distancing. Yes, please. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Don't have me fussing. I don't want to fuss, y'all. I want to fuss. I want y'all to stay safe. Amen. Amen. For those of you guys who desire to give, you'll see on the screen there are several ways that you can give, sow seeds, or, or simply tithe um, today to the ministry. We love you, and we appreciate um, what you guys do to, to allow us to continue to minister to the community, to be effective um, in this time and in this season. I love you guys so very much. Is there anything else, sweetheart? That's all. We'll see you today, 2.30, Amen. Love you. Father, now in Jesus' name, thank you again for these, your people, God. We speak a blessing over their lives. Now, thank you for this word, God. I pray that the word landed on good ground, and it is in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We are a church family. We are a church family. That honors God. That honors God. And everything. And everything. We say and we do. We say and do. Amen. Love you guys so much. Love you, love you, love you. Blessings to you. If you have not seen the graduation video, it'll air right behind service. God bless you and see you later today.